I don't know if Americans have bought into electric vehicles to this extent, but the companies have. General Motors is going to be doing all EV. This is their this is their future. The the end of the combustion engine. Volkswagen making the announcement that the U.S. name change is going from Volkswagen of America to Volkswagen. So V-O-L-K-S, Volkswagen, People's Wagon, to V-O-L-T-S, as in volts of electricity, Volkswagen. Wait a minute. Is there a chance this is an April Fool's prank? It's March 30th of a press release. I'm thinking this is April Fool's now that I think about it. Do you think this is the case? Now that I listen to it. Do you think they're just making it up? Yes, because I, you know what? Now I'm sure it's an April Fool's joke. Here's the problem. How could you tell? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Twitter, Instagram, Parlor at Tony Katz. That other voice, that's producer Ari right there. There's no way to tell anymore about whether these things are a, a publicity stunt or whether it's the real deal. But remember how I started. General Motors has bought in. General Motors has said, we are going electric, baby. That's the future. And some of them, I think, are going to be sensational. When the new Hummer releases the electric Hummer, oh, my gosh. You know, I I drive an H3. That's my car. Although, admittedly, I, I am lately in the market for a 1966 Lincoln Continental convertible with suicide doors. They are. They have bought in. I am so curious to see if America is the same way, and none of them are addressing the fact that we don't have enough electricity to be able to handle all this. That electricity is going to come from coal, baby. This is what happens when you want to make the claim of doing good, but you're not necessarily doing good. We have seen this in this conversation, the yelling and screaming over masks. Where you've got the state of Kentucky and the governor there, Andy Bashir, saying to the state of Indiana and the governor there, uh, Eric Holcomb, hey, Governor Holcomb, Republican, you should still have a mask mandate because the mandate in Indiana, where I live, is going to expire April 6th, and then it will just be an advisory. But local municipalities, counties, etc., they can make the call. You have Joe Biden begging people begging people cities and towns and 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 states to keep up the mask mandate begging them to do it the mask is the only way we stay safe this is an untrue statement it's an untrue statement people who have been vaccinated need to wear a mask that doesn't make any sense So we have this leadership buy-in, we have this woke buy-in, but do we have America's buy-in? So first I talk about electric cars, then we get to masks. How about the story of San Diego teachers? Holy cow, if you're driving, hands on 10 and 2. Oh please, oh please, oh please. Do not, if you're in a public place, no screaming. 
the story goes that San Diego is now holding a lot of migrant children, people who crossed the border, no families. Of course, um, uh, it's 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 madness what's happening at the border right now. Of course, it is a crisis. And and what kind of person doesn't know this? The wholly ideological person doesn't know this. You filled up thousands of, of teenagers in Dallas at a convention center. Now you're bringing people, flying them over uh, to, to San Diego, buses showing up at a time from the airport. The San Diego County Board of Education will be sending teachers for in-person learning for the migrant children at the convention center. The children at the convention center are now getting teachers. As a matter of fact, that there, there is a push for teachers. They're, they're searching for certified teachers who can teach at the convention center. This is all happening. This is all happening while students are not yet back in class. Let's say this again for people playing the home game. The political left wants teachers to teach migrant children in a facility in San Diego, but the children who live in San Diego and are citizens of the United States cannot go back to class. Game over, man. Game over. It's insane. It's not even possible that this is happening in real life. Yet here we are. So if you say to me that Volkswagen is going to change to Volkswagen, oh, and it's an April Fool's joke, are we sure? Because I have got San Diego saying to the parents of San Diego, the citizens of the United States of America, Your kids will wait. We have migrant children to teach. Oh, by the way, the rules state that the children are only there, I believe, for 30 days. They're getting a teacher for 30 days. Your kid hasn't had a teacher for 365 days. They've been at home staring at Zoom, wondering where their friends are. You tell me what I'm supposed to believe and not believe. In a world this absolutely turned upside down. It is the upside down. It's madness. And we are watching it and witnessing it and doing nothing about it. Well, let's start at least with the basics. Any uh, educator who's saying that we can't teach our children because it's not safe, but is okay with teach- with going down and, and, and educating these migrant children, uh, there's somebody who should be thrown out of their job. They're, they're, not, they're not worth keeping. They're not, they're not worth having in, in, in your life or in your child's life. Not at all. Now, very often it's not the specific teacher, but rather it is the union. So you got to take a look at the unions that are running things there in San Diego and San Diego County, and you have to break them in two. 
They aren't good. They aren't there in your best interest. They hate your children. That's obvious. Break those mothers in half. And I'm not saying that they're actually moms. This is what has to happen. You know, I don't have anything against these migrant children. I'm not angry with them. I'm not angry with them. But I am ranking them, and our kids come first. The kids of San Diego County, who are citizens of the United States, come first. The kids of Lincoln, Nebraska, the kids of Indianapolis, Indiana, the kids of of Tampa, Florida, the kids of Saginaw, Michigan, they come first. All the children of the United States, citizens of the United States, legally in the United States, they come first. You want to call me a racist for that? I didn't say which children. I didn't say just the white children. I didn't say just the Christian children. I didn't say just the black children or just the Asian children or just the Jewish children or just the gay children. No, no, no. I said the children. Actual diversity, actual inclusion. Thank you very much. And they come before the immigrant children. They come before the children who were kidnapped and brought to the border. I don't want this for them, but let's be clear. They've been kidnapped and brought to the border in many, 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 many cases. It's amazing how they're like, oh, you can't rank. Oh, no, no, that's bigoted. Why are we listening to them? Why are we listening to a group of people who think it's okay to educate and to teach migrant children, but not the children who are citizens? We shouldn't be paying attention to them at all. This upside down woke society is a valueless proposition. If Volkswagen is actually going to become Volkswagen, let them. We'll see whether or not it's a it's a April Fool's joke or not. But I've got General Motors already doing this, so maybe not. The people who are saying that no matter what happens, you have to wear a mask to 2022. Are these serious people? Or are these people who want uh, 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 control? What, 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 what is it? You have a sense of impending doom because of variants like B117 of, of, of COVID and you're the director of the CDC. You don't think we can handle this? We, we have to do lockdowns again. Uh, the, the governor of Kentucky is going to live in fear because the state of Indiana uh, thinks that, you know, people can handle themselves. It's the upside down. Pushing people to engage fear. Pushing people to be afraid is no way to live. It's backwards thinking. And then we have backwards thinking in San Diego. You know what our our, our cure is? Uh, don't be backwards. Don't be backwards. Vote for people who aren't backwards. Vote against things that are backwards. And most importantly, say it. Now is the time to be brave. And it's difficult because you're going to get called a racist and a bigot and a this and a that. And they're going to look askew uh, at your children. And some people won't be friends with you anymore. And then some people won't friend you on Facebook anymore. And then some people may not use your business anymore. And it's all worth it. That's the worst part, guys. It's going to be a gigantic pain. I call it the worst part because you got to go through all these things that you shouldn't have to go through in a decent society. But when we choose migrant children over the citizens of the United States on who to educate, on where to send teachers, well, 
They've made their decision. We got to make ours. Ours has to do with a much more personal relationship and, and, and loss. The loss of friends. When you want to stand up to critical race theory and anti-racism because they are bigotry and they teach bigotry and they inculcate bigotry and it turns uh, a student against student, it's not just an attack on white students, it's an attack on students, uh, as they say, of color. And because you notice this, you get called a bigot and you get called a racist. They'll, they'll, they'll say it to your face or maybe they'll just send out little email messages. Right? Oh, you know, so-and-so, mm, they're, they're a racist. Did you hear what they said at the meeting? They're going to say that about you. Okay. People who are upside down don't get to decide for you. They're not in control of you. They don't get to, they don't get to choose your course. You do. And sometimes choosing that course involves a little bit of loss. It's worth it. It's bad. You wish it wasn't happening. It is the worst part of it all, and it is worth it. Because what you get by fighting back is a society worth keeping. Where your children actually get educated by your tax dollars first. Notice I never said, don't educate the children at the border. I just ranked it. That's all I did. Right now, we're in the upside down. And it's up to us to make it right side up. I'm Tony Katz. So it's a veto for Gnome. Tony Katz, so good to be with you. Tony Katz today. Go to TonyKatz.com and get the podcast. It's right there, upper right. Boom, podcast. You're set. You're good to go. This all about uh, transgender students and the competition in sports. House Bill 1217, the Women's Fairness in Sports Bill, where the state's uh, House of Representatives rejected the veto 67 to 2. The veto was based on the idea of style and form. Meaning, and people got this wrong, and I think purposefully, ridiculously, she's not objecting to the idea of telling boys who say they're girls, no, you don't get to compete in sports. No. It's unfair to those girls. And me, if you're asking me, Tony, I'm, I'm standing with them. I'm defending them, absolutely. She said the way this bill is written creates uh, issues for us, can open us up to lawsuit. We should change some of the way uh, this is done. And uh, so on, on those grounds, she, she vetoed, and the House of Representatives said, no, we're cool. We're going to do this. Right? The bill now goes back to the governor for her to either sign or veto. House believes her style and form is unconstitutional. That from uh, State Representative Fred Deutsch. So what happens next? She could veto the whole thing and then look uh, to the legislature to engage in, in override. I'd have to look up the makeup of, uh, of South Dakota, of their legislature, to see how that would go. But this this conversation is is a valuable one 
And always remember that we're talking about children. I talked about Abigail Schreier yesterday, and it's a great video from PragerU that I'll put up on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. And, and it, it states that right now, 2% of school children identify as transgender, but as opposed to boys thinking uh, they're, they're girls, the, the, the propensity is girls who say they're boys. And so Abigail Schreier had written the book about the transgender craze seducing our young girls. It's the book that got removed from Target because they don't actually believe in free speech, which is exactly it. People are unwilling to discuss the other side of people who engage this transgender world and then realize, wait, I'm, I'm wrong. Oh, those people, you're not allowed to talk about those people. You're not allowed to bring those people up. If you do, you're a bigot. Oh, they've got a whole thing about why you can't talk about that. Yes, you certainly can. But we're talking about children. It cannot be forgotten that we're talking about children. And how there are places around the country and around the globe where there are gender clinics. Abigail Schreier points out gender clinics where you can go in and say, I think I'm a different gender, and they will give you hormones and other things to take. You don't need your parents. Parents eliminated from it. That's what a lot of this is about. A lot of this is about eliminating the parent from the parental role, because remember, the job of the, of the parent is to protect children very often from themselves. More often than not, from themselves. But if the parent is unnecessary, and the child can start taking medication regardless of the parent, of what role is the parent? The parent has been usurped for the state in the, you know, to protect the child. It's never to protect the child. It hurts the child. It rips apart the child from the family. It destroys the family unit. So we keep repeating these stories and you have to start recognizing, holy cow, this is not a bug. This is a feature. This is the plan. Requires our attention. And requires parents to say, I'm not giving up my children. And you, you woke folk, can't have them. No, my kid can't take any drugs or any hormones because they feel a certain way. They're a child. And we're going to wait to make sure they're in a place where they can make a decision as difficult as this is when they're an adult. Parents have to fight for their kids. The same as it ever was, really. This is Tony Katz today. The Associated Press has a story about how Mike Pence has reemerged and laying the groundwork for a 2024 run. Can we hold up just a moment, please? On this subject, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. Feel free to call in. Would love to hear from you. 833 468 8669. Would you vote for Mike Pence or is he a traitor? I mean, I guess that's the question, right? If you're asking, I don't think he's a traitor. But I also don't think he should run for president. I, but I've been long time on this, and I like Vice President Pence. I've had many a good conversation with him as vice president, as governor. So this, as the story goes, when you take a look at all the people President Trump has discussed as future leaders of the party, Right. Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, Senator Josh Hawley, Senator Ted Cruz. Mike Pence isn't on the list. Oh, my goodness. He's not on the list. What 
a mystery. How could it be that Donald Trump had him as vice president for four years and then left him off the list? Well, how could it be that he called a guy Lion Ted and said that his dad killed JFK and puts him on a list? It's as if somehow we have to relitigate what makes Donald Trump so incredibly special. This is just his style, man. When things are raw, he's not going to put someone on a list. Right? That's just, that's just not, that's not what's going to happen. So according to this story, uh, he's re-entering public life as he eyes a potential run for the White House in 2024. He's joining conservative organizations, right? He's with, he's with Heritage. He's writing op-eds, delivering speeches, launching an advocacy group that will focus on promoting the Trump administration's accomplishments. Um, what in the world did you think he was going to do? I mean, honestly, think like the people who hate Mike Pence. What was he going to do? Sit in Brown County, Indiana with mother sipping a sweet tea? By the way, there's no way Mike Pence would sip a sweet tea. That's too avant-garde. The people who hate Mike Pence are convinced that this is the man who puts a mayonnaise in his iced tea because he's just that bland. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. For someone who built a reputation as one of Trump's most steadfast supporters, Pence is now viewed with suspicion among many Republicans for observing his constitutional duty in January to facilitate a peaceful transfer of power to the Biden administration, a decision that still has Trump fuming. Holy cow. All right. The importance of reading the article and not just the headline is so you know how to dismiss it. And I got to tell you, Jill Colvin, Associated Press, this is ridiculous. Now, I will tell you that you may not be off base if you think Trump believes that Pence should have done more. Nor would you be off base if you were to believe that there are members of the base who say uh, that Pence should have done more. I was at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, and there was a, 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 I'd say, a 20-something black man who referred to Mike Pence as a traitor. I was doing an interview with, with Tom LoBianco, of Business Insider, which came out. I never actually saw it. I never saw the interview. I don't know, I don't know what happened there. But he started talking about the fact how Pence is a traitor. And he was one of these guys who wasn't going to engage. He was just going to tell you, well, if you do this, you do that, traitor. See what happens to the traitor. Like, okay, all right, dude, you just, you just go about not having a girlfriend and leave me be. Plenty of people, I'm sure you could find, who believe that. They are, of course, wrong because just as this story is, look at the way it's written. For observing, he's looked at it with suspicion as Mike Pence. For observing his constitutional duty to facilitate a peaceful transfer of power. That was not his constitutional duty. You silly, silly child, you're a reporter. The job of the vice president that day was to certify the vote. And the, pre- the vice president of the United States did not have the authority to send the votes back for recertification. Didn't exist. The states had done their job. And the federalist would say, well, the vice president's got to sit there and count. 
But there is a mechanism that existed to challenge the validity. And I said it then, and I will not change now for somehow pretending to rewrite history. I said, as long as it's legal and you want to make a challenge, you feel free. Democrats had made challenges before. To make a challenge cause the riots? Do you know how ignorant of a statement that is? It's an ignorant statement. Expect nothing less from a press corps and from the people uh, who are interviewed by them. I would argue that Pence will have some problems if he runs with the Trump base. I, I don't say no to that. But I also don't think that Mike Pence is running. I think this is I think this is a, a a story to fill column inches as opposed to something that's that's factual. I don't see it. I don't see where anybody is looking in his direction. I think there's a place for Mike Pence, and I think there is a power structure for Mike Pence. Because there are pl- while there are plenty of people who like Trump, there are plenty of people who like Trump and still want somebody who adheres to, well, what the Republican Party is supposed to be outside of the populism. That's not establishment. No, no, that's something different. That's something different. One of the things that, that Mike Pence can do very, very well is read the room. He's, he's kind of built for, for, for that. If people wondered how could he stick around a, a, a philanderer like, like uh, Donald Trump, oh, some kind of Christian he is, they would attack his Christianity. Uh, these, are, these are the scum of the earth. But of course, it is that Christianity and it is that faith and it is that belief that of course said to him, I can help this guy. Without question. Is some of it his desire to be vice president or president? Sure. Absolutely. I don't say no to that. He could have looked at some of the things President Trump said and did and said, that's grotesque, but thought of it as his duty to help Donald Trump. His duty, not only as vice president, but his duty as a faithful man. As a man of faith, as a man of belief. It is hard for people to get that through their heads. They can't figure it out. They can't believe that somebody would be like that. And that's why I say some of the most despicable commentary had come from people like now the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. Despicable commentary about Mike Pence questioning whether or not he's a real Christian. Damn, son. That was, that's just ugly. You might you might want to you might want to look at that scripture again. I don't know. I don't know if the Jewish guy gets to tell you or not, but I'm here to tell you. You might want to give that another read cuz you might not so much be doing it right. Right? Maybe maybe there's a place or two you're a bit off. I have no idea if the man's going to run. And if you think 2 months after the election you can make a call as to whether he's going to run. You're nuts. Now, this is different than whether or not you would position yourself in a place for people to ask the question. Because if they're asking the question, they are inviting you to speak. If they're asking the question, they are asking you to write op-eds. They are paying you to write a book. They are reaching out to you. They are doing an interview with you. And that's how you keep your name ID up. 
So you got to sometimes maneuver through that minefield and say, right now, I'm just working on winning Congress in 2022. That's what I'm working on right there. And, and we're going to win uh, back uh, the, the, the House. And, and, and then and then we can we can really take a good look at, at how we get this nation back on the right track. You know, we had on the right track for four years in this administration. I tell you what, I tell you what, what they have done, this, this, is, this is an affront to the American people. And we should not allow this to continue any longer. It's actually not a bad pence. That's, that's his cadence right there. But I finished it with a, like a George Bush thing. Right? I'd have, to, I'd have to keep it in the same in that same tone and maybe a touch of uplift. So yeah, he keeps himself in the public eye. Do people hate him? Ooh, I don't think that's true. Do people think that he's a traitor? Oh, I'm sure some people do. But let's take it from Mike Pence's side. A riot broke out at the Capitol. That man and his wife had to be evacuated by Secret Service, and the President of the United States did not come to his aid. If you're asking me who's got more of a right to be wicked pissed, it might be Mike. Take a look at it from his point of view. And there are plenty of Republicans who had no problem, like myself, with challenging. Didn't see that part of it because the laws allowed it as a federalism issue, although I think that's the really good argument against it is the federalism issue, the idea of the states' rights. Who absolutely opposed the riots, who wonder why rubber bullets weren't used, wonder why there weren't more security there, wonders why the Speaker of the House denied such security, has questions on questions on questions. Don't believe, like people, like I don't believe, that President Trump incited a riot. Not at all. But the Capitol was under attack. Your vice president's in there, and there was no move to stop it. You better believe I don't think that's okay. And you better believe that someone like Vice President Pence may take that personal. And there are plenty of Republicans who feel that same way. But it's too early to decide what Mike Pence is going to do. The man has a lot of options. I just don't think running for president should be one of them. I'm Tony Katz. So Gina Carano, former star of Mandalorian, former MMA fighter, she was in Deadpool. And she got fired from Mandalorian because she's taking a look at society and saying, if we teach people to hate because of ideology or, or anything else, what kind of society do we end up with? And it was a, she post, posted a, a photo and she made a connection to, to Nazi Germany, just people hating others for their religion. And of course, you know, I oppose those kinds of, of things because it creates the situation where you're denigrating the Holocaust, what happened, and it's like when you call people Nazi, it, it, it creates an issue. She got fired for this. But there are other Disney stars who had done the same thing comparing Republicans to Nazis. They still have their jobs. They still have their jobs, and it's why Disney is a, is a bunch of trash. And they should take all the hits that they are getting.
But on Real Time with Bill Maher, which is on HBO, this conversation happened with Bill Maher uh, talking about Gina Carano and former Senator Democrat Heidi Heitkamp of North Dakota chimes in. I like this picture. Uh, who was the woman in the Mandalorian? What did she do? She liked something? Or... She was a Nazi. Oh, that's different, yeah. right? I'm thinking of somebody else. Well, she's not a Nazi. She, she, she was, she's a white. She's involved. You're calling her a Nazi. She's called other people Nazis. Right. Which she's is, the Nazi. Okay, everyone's yeah. a Nazi now. Yeah. Um, she does hang with white supremacists. It's like a Mel Brooks she does. Yeah. Hangs with white supremacists. I suppose I'm now subject to defamation. I, I don't know. I mean, it depends on what your definition of white supremacist is. That you're, also, what kind of made-up thing is this? You have a former senator referring to her as a Nazi and saying she hangs out with white supremacists. I assume like Ben Shapiro of Daily Wire, who set up a distribution deal with her or producing a a film that that she's in. Now, Gina Carano uh, has stated here we have more of the dehumanizing phrase phase of cancel culture. Repeat lies over and over until the population takes them as truth. False, disturbing and disgusting language from a former U.S. senator. You knew as soon as you said it, you were liable. Yeah, she is liable. And so people are suggesting that uh, that Gina Carano sue her. And the answer is, yeah, go ahead. Who are these people? You tell me that I'm connected to white supremacists? Yeah, I should go after you. Now, I've had this happen to me before. I posted a video that was publicly out there. I did no editing to it whatsoever. I said, hey, look at this. And I got referred to as suspected white supremacist. True story here in, in, in Indianapolis. From, from a group of low-rent scumbags, some Black Lives Matter-associated bunch of dopes who, who have never done anything except uh, been associated with a guy who pulled his gun on traffic in broad daylight so they wouldn't drive down a street. Oh, we were protecting people. That was what they said. And that's the video that I posted on my site didn't make a single edit to it didn't change anything and for that i'm suspected white supremacist these these dopes a former u.s senator on national television calls you a, a, a associate with white supremacist who knows may, may, maybe uh i i should be suing may, maybe i should be a uh, chock full of lawsuit what do you what do you think i can get from these people who i'm pretty sure don't have a job or maybe I, I mean, like if I, if I sue them, am I, am I raising their, their profile? Right. So maybe you don't, you don't do it in all cases. You got to pick and choose. Well, look how willing they are to just throw oh, a Nazi, oh, white supremacist. That's why you can't let it bother you. These people don't know what they're saying. They make it up. Where you have to, you know, engage this is they throw it around in schools as well. And you got to stand up to that. That absolute hate, that 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 just pure, outright, despicable bigotry. Because that's 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 what it is. That's what it is. So yeah, I only hope she sues. I think Gina Carano was handling this stuff very, very well, and I think that she has an opportunity to have a star rising. The question will be: Do we start seeing people who really want to produce movies? And content with these people. Are they prepared to do it? Are they prepared to invest? Are they prepared to make it happen? You know, with all the radio and everything else, this is something we're working on aggressively. Because, well, the answer has got to be, 
Yeah, there's 74 million people who want to see her in a movie. And if it's a good movie, 174 million people will go to see it. So make it a good movie. Uh, I, I know, I know we can do that. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. This is Tony Katz today.